This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 60 for the week of January 14th, 2006. Welcome, y'all, to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining for y'all. Yeehaw. Sup? Hey. Hey, um, you're Mike LeBrie. This is true. To your left and my right. Right. Less than proverbial. Mary. That's right. That's right. To her back is Jeff. Hello. It's kind of a weird setup. Yeah, it is. It's not like a circle. It's not a square. It's not a line. (laughs) A trapezoid? No, it's not even that. It's not even because a trapezoid at least would be squarish. Um, We're in hoedown formation. <laughs> and bowing down, the rest are just bowing down to me. No, not at all. No. Um, yeah. In fact, they're spitting in my face now. In sweat. Um, Bukake. It's like, what? And, and, Whoa! Um, no need to go there. I mean, this is a family show. That's right. Fucky fuck fuck. Tits. <laughs> I think you said ducks and it's me, Big Andrew D., Right. So how you doing, y'all? We all kicking it, I reckon. Something like that. You yeah, reckon? Something like that. This is uh, episode 60 of the podcast, and Julian is missing yet again this week. Missing in action? Yeah. We should go find him. Well, it's a funny story, because he told me he was going to be gone for two weeks, and then he IMs me earlier and says, okay, I'm ready to record around nine-ish tonight. I said, oh, um... We planned without you. Actually, the true story of what happened to Julian is his college found out he was doing a podcast for Dragon Ball, and his school said, we're not having any of that shit, and just expelled him immediately, and he's been homeless for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the real story. You heard it from me. Keep it on the down low. But I've already started the Save Julian Foundation. We've already got like $500,000. Mary, do you want to get fired? (laughs) <laughs> I'll take the money I will run. send your boss this podcast. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Punchy. Punchy? <laughs> Mary? Surly. Surly. Andrew? I'm a hero. <laughs> a guitar hero. <laughs> send your which, sounds, which sounds a lot cooler than the Japanese version, which would be I'm <laughs> the a... The Japanese version? I mean version, uh, which would mean I'm a freak. A guitar freak. Ah, I see what you did there. See what I did there? That, that was clever. What did I do? You you said the name of the uh, original guitar game that they ripped off. Oh, that's not even the same company? No, it's totally different. No kidding. Wow, how did they not get sued for that? Because they're in the U.S. Oh. See, I'm so out of... I used to be so in the video you game loop. You were over there in Japan! No, I meant in the video game loop. I used oh, to really be into it. You know, we take the table away from you, and you still manage to bump things. I that's what he. That's what he's here for. Uh, that's true. We sign him up to make noise. Hey, did everyone have a good New Year's? Yes. Fuck yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it was better than you know, no New Year's. I, I see. L- listeners know that Mary and I were in Chicago, and uh, that actually involves a thing for a contest that we mentioned last week that we'll be giving away next week. So pay attention this week for the info. Jeff, how about you? Where were you for New Year's? I was in Philly with my good friends, uh, all AMV people, just getting drunk and playing Guitar Hero. Hell yeah. That's kind of what we were doing earlier, too. 
Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That, that's interesting. It's just kind of another typical day for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, my life doesn't get more interesting than that, folks. <laughs> Good stuff. Andrew, where were you? I was at Karen's Chinese restaurant in Princeton, um, right off of, um, I think it's Witherspoon, right off of Palmer Square. Excellent Chinese food. Uh, a step above the rest, Karen's Chinese restaurant in Princeton. <laughs> Check it out if you have the chance. Yes. Good stuff. And she gave us a free bottle of champagne because... Very nice. Hot. She knows me and everybody. <laughs> okay. She always asks about my ex-girlfriend, Pang. She's always <laughs> she's always like, where's your Chinese girlfriend? I'm like, oh, we're, we, we're not together anymore. She's like, so where is she? <laughs> she's in the car in my basement <laughs> now Andrew I actually want to tell a story involving you because Which one? as you like to describe yourself now you're like a side character in the drama that is wait wait a minute I describe myself you, I don't describe myself you that way. specifically said that to me you're like a minor side character in the internet lives of Vegito EX and Mary you just happen to appear oh places. okay in your little web show, yeah, I guess I'm kind of a side character. Right. Right. So it's pe- not my goal in life, by the way, <laughs> well, to be your I'm, side I'm character. So don't, you know, get overly cocky about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to remember this. The thing is, people enjoy you. And uh, we have another little story that, that kind of involves you. This was last weekend. Now, last week on the podcast, we had an interesting story. And then I think it was later that evening or the next evening that this occurred. You were here, we'll say... A night during the weekend. It was Saturday, because I remember we were watching the repeat oh, of SNL. SNL. was on with the Kobayashi parody. Exactly. So now we know what day it is. Oh, that was an awesome parody. <laughs> that was yeah, great. <laughs> Kobayashi. All right, so you were here. You left around 1-ish, shortly before 1 o'clock. Yeah, you didn't think the Taco Bell was going to be open. Which Taco Bell did you go to? You went by the street. movie theater. All right, you went Whoa, all the- you went that far? So Andrew left, and he went to Taco Bell. As he's gone... I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I go to the bedroom. I throw undergrads on the TV, and I just kind of crash. I, I was actually asleep. I have trouble falling asleep at night. I was asleep like that. No problem. So, um, you know, and I get this kind of poke, poke. Mike, I think I just heard the doorbell. And I'm like, and what do we hear a couple seconds later? The doorbell. And we're like, oh, shit fuck is that and we hear knocking on the bedroom window and other windows and at this point i'm fucking like what is going on here this is crazy so now i'm going all right i gotta get a baseball bat and i don't have a baseball bat all right i can sneak around and we should mention there's like stuff that goes on around here there's five cops cop cars (laughs) right now in the other complex right so i'm freaking out I'm going, all right, well, I got to get something. I need to get a blunt object to hit someone with as they come in. Then I remember, all right, let me check my cell phone. If I need to call 911 or something, three missed calls. Oh. <laughs> so I go back to the bedroom and I peek through the blinds and I see a very anxious Andrew Deluxe standing at the door, kind of looking around. So I go, I open the door. I'm still mostly asleep. What did you do? Yeah, well... We were talking about tacos earlier, and I realized, and there's a Taco Bell on the way home. And so I stopped in the, the drive-thru. I ordered two Taco Supremes and, a, and a, a carton of rice, which isn't on the menu. But by the way, if you go to Taco Bell and get the carton of, the, the bowl of rice, it's fucking awesome. It's red rice with chives and, and cheddar cheese 
It's really good. Mm-hmm. So uh, as um as they tell me my total and I'm driving up, I realize I don't have my wallet and I'm looking through the car and everything and I don't have it. So I get up to the window and he's like, here's your order. I'm like, um, I'm sorry, dude. I forgot my wallet. I don't have it with me. Is there like any way we can like work this out so I can get my tacos? <laughs> because like, that's what's important right now. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, well, you have to prioritize. And the most exactly. immediate need was the tacos. Exactly. And he was like, "Well, I'll tell you what, what I'll do. I'll I'll let you have the tacos, and all you have to do is is call this number and 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 do a little survey and, and say something nice about Taco Bell." And I was like, "I can do that." <laughs> <laughs> so I got my taco. I got my tacos. And I was calling you because. I figured the later I wait, the more likely right. you're going to be asleep. Right. Now, I had left my phone out here in the living room. Yeah, like a douche. And oh, so okay. you weren't picking up. I don't even remember if I tried Mary's phone. I'm it's sure hers was dead. dead. And, and so, it was in my purse, which means it was farther away from the bedroom than Mike's phone would have been. So I decided, well, I don't care. I'm going to get my wallet and pray to God the cops don't stop me along the way. Right. And I did pass a police car, mm-hmm. but I wasn't speeding right. much. So I was okay, and I knocked on your door and your window, and I was like, shit, he's fucking asleep. And I see his TV light is on the fucker. He's wasting energy. So I kept (laughs) knocking on the door, and I knew at some point he was going to wake up. I didn't realize you were going to be so freaked out. I thought I thought I knew it would there would be a possibility of it, but I was like, surely he'd realize if I was a thief, I would just break through the window and not bother knocking. Right. So well, I was still mostly asleep. So and plus, things... like I was halfway asleep anyway. So the first time I heard the doorbell ring, I thought I was just imagining it. Right. <laughs> and then I was shoving Mike for like the longest time, and we were only in bed for like fifteen minutes, and you were out solidly. I, I was like on the verge of having to like <laughs> physically so throw I, my body at you. I was ringing the you. doorbell, and I was like, "Well, this obviously isn't working." They're sleeping <laughs> through the doorbell. The doorbell is loud as shit, by the way. So it certainly worked. At least I did. I'm pretty sure you did once back in college. Slept through the fire alarm. No, never. You never did? Well, not that I can remember. I certainly did. Yeah, I've done that. Okay. No, I wake up too easily to those types of things. Well, eventually, you know, I I left my wallet. You kind of came in, grabbed it off the table and left. I'm like, okay, back to bed with me. That crazy kiddo. So that that was uh, an interesting story. I I took a dump after you left, actually. That's Uh, great. Great. Um, that's not too much information at no, all. No, not at all. That was absolutely necessary to tell this story. It was. And what that does is creates such an awkward moment that it very easily segues back into the topic of the podcast, which is typically Dragon Ball. And I have no fucking clue. Let's do the news. Hey, Mary. Hey, Mike. You got the outline in front of you. Yeah, I do. What's it say for news? It says, um, bright red, anything? Question mark. And as of this, um, you know, last two seconds, no news has broken I on this near interweb. No. Well, nothing. 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 Oh. I, I got news. What? There's no more Dragon Ball cartoons coming out. No! Yeah, it's official. I had no idea. I just decided it. Fantastic. Well, if we can't talk about new things... Very clearly, we have to talk about old things. And Julian's not here. There was that segue. That was good. Yeah, see, that was a that good was one. great. But, but I have Jeff. from his mistakes. And I have Andrew. And I guess we got married, too. Yeah, you guess. 
<laughs> we wait. Are you not sure about that? I like, I have no. Is that really Mary, or is that like I'm Julian? And oh, I thought you really meant like whether disguise. she was being faithful or not. <laughs> like I that got Mary. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're gonna talk about is old stuff. Last week we talked about how to mod your old systems and play old games. We're kind of gonna go along with that this week and talk about old video game magazines and how Mike stole my game genie. We're going to talk about old game magazines, and we're going to bring Dragon Ball into this through a variety of ways. Now, Andrew, you're picking up EGM. When is that one? What's the year on that one? 2001. Okay, so that's not so old. But if you go... The floor is a mess here. If you move your way back, we go 2000, 99, 98, 97, 96, 95, 94. Mm, This is 1996. Laura Croft is... 10 years old? Yeah, she is. Now, I have game magazines going back to the very first Nintendo Power, July, August, 1988. So we're going to kind of do a little history from gaming magazines around then onwards and see why were they covering Dragon Ball? In 1988, Dragon Ball was still airing for the first time in Japan. It wouldn't come here for nearly 10 years, eight-ish years. So what were they doing talking about Dragon Ball? How did anyone know about Dragon Ball? And why were they sending in Goku envelope art to these magazines? And just so you guys know, there's been there's been extensive research done on this topic. If you look at Mike's floor right now, there is pile after pile in a circular formation on his carpet right now. We'll have to take pictures of this. I got the camera. I got my camera phone. I'm taking shots. It's kind of ridiculous. Trying to play photographer. And I'm taking shots. Woo! <laughs> I've segmented all of my EGMs by year. Then I also have a bunch of game pros and. Tips and Tricks and Game Fan and Game Informer. We're mostly going to stick with EGM here because I have the most... Yes, Dragon Force. I know. You have it on the Saturn. You love it. <laughs> I'm fighting vipers. I know. What the hell was I talking about? You can knock off their clothes in this game. I know. It was great. We're going to talk about what's in these magazines. We're going to start it off here with the very first issue of Nintendo Power. Classic. With uh, the wrong colored Mario on the cover. I think I don't know if we've talked about it in the podcast. I think we did. I know I've at least scanned it. But back here in 1988, they actually did a short preview of Dragon Power, which was the original first Dragon Ball game on the NES. So this is kind of crazy. And it even says Goku. They name him by name. Now, this game was not brought over as a Dragon Ball game. They brought it as Dragon Power, just a generic game. Well, what's interesting about the uh, description here is they do say it's based on, um, how do you say it in Chinese? Siyuchi? It's Sayuki, I, the I, Japanese I, yeah, pronunciation. Yeah, Sayuki is the Japanese I don't. I honestly don't remember the Chinese. I, I just have Julian berate me later about it. I should it know, but I don't. <laughs> I have the book in Chinese. Journey to the West. So they're talking about that, and they're talking about Goku and Nora, who is Bulma. But Nora. Yeah. Jeff took off his shoes. <sighs> Sorry, I had to get comfy. No problem. Now, there's not too much really interesting about this. They just have a little half page talking about the game. Other than it's the first Nintendo Power, Jesus. Well, well yeah. I, if you recall, Nintendo Power wasn't exactly revered for its articulation in, in gaming news and reviews. Like you are? Certainly not for reviews, but no, that that's a classic, though. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit here to an EGM from October 1993. And what they're previewing on the cover is Super Street Fighter 2, as that was first coming out. Now, EGM, what I loved about them is that back then, they used to cover Japanese games. 
They would do previews of games, reviews of games. They would do like six-page spreads on games that we never got. Yeah, when you have 300 pages to cover, you kind of have room for that stuff. Exactly. So in the back here, they're actually talking about, for Super Famicom, Dragon Ball Z 2. So that would be Super Butoden 2. Um, just these like little boxes that they talk about them. And then on the next page, it's that first-person arcade fighting game. They call it an arcade activator game. You remember the activator, right? Oh, I certainly Genesis. remember the activator, yeah. yeah. This game will make you cry Final Flash. So they knew something about the series to be able to say Final Flash. And yet they called that game uh, Super Brutoden. They just called it Dragon Ball Z 2. Right. Which is ironic since, you know, there would be a game called simply Dragon Ball Z 2. On the Famicom and then later on PS2. Well, that's what I mean. Right. That's pretty interesting. Um, th- that's kind of it. But there's a lot of other Japanese stuff in here. Let's move on to the next one just to see what's in there. And then we'll pause for a little bit. This one's from January 1994. And uh, in here they're covering the first Dragon Ball Z arcade fighting game. Now these games never came out on a home console. I know a lot of people run them on MAME. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess that's kind of okay. You can never really buy it. I'm not sure what where my morals and ethics stand on that kind of thing. I think it's okay for that because, I mean, it's just an emulator. Uh, granted, you're uh, not pumping quarters, but then again, considering how old the game is, you're right. not going to be pumping quarters in it anyway. Right. So It's almost it, impossible. I saw one on eBay. Ooh, that's nice. For Dragon Ball Z 2, the arcade game. Yeah, but, I mean, in terms of retro wear, right. yeah, there's not, I mean, I've only heard of, like, three cases where the original company sued. Yeah. I, and I don't go to church, so I don't have morals, and I figure I'm going to hell anyway. I might as well play some MAME games. That's very true. <laughs> and what's uh, great about this is they say, hopefully Dragon Ball Z will make it to U.S. shores. Keep your fingers crossed. And they made the series or the games? Either or. Now, this was January 1994. Funimation got the license in 94, so that was probably later in 94 that they got the license. They didn't know yet that this would ever be coming. This or maybe way. they did get the license and EGM still didn't know because, I mean... That's we weren't so well-connected back then. That's true. At what point in the series, though, was that uh, in Japan, how far along was the series? In 94, they were almost done with almost it. Almost done? Yeah. Yeah, it ended in early 95. So they definitely probably saw like some import tapes or something. Oh, absolutely. It must have been circulating then. Well, here's where we're going to stop. EGM's covering Dragon Ball Z. Why are they covering Japanese games back then? Like someone pointed out, they had the space. I think you said that, Jeff. Mm-hmm. They had so much space to kill, so why not devote some import pages? Well, I mean, they always had a big preview section. They and, did, definitely, back then. And um, there was the novelty of seeing games that weren't out yet or weren't here, and it just kind of wowed people into wanting to see at least screenshots. I mean, screenshots are always kind of a, a, a big deal in those magazines. Even still, they are. Yeah. I mean, you see them on the internet. How about... Advertising. The way the internet is today, you can kind of do your own advertising very cheaply. Things, you know, movies make MySpace pages that you friend. I mean, it's just so easy. Mm-hmm. Were more advertisers prone to wanting to include ads in these game magazines back then, giving them more money to make more pages? As we're looking at these magazines, and as the years go on, they get thinner. And thinner and thinner and thinner. Yeah, well, I mean, that's usually the downfall of everything. It's going to be the downfall of the internet too. As soon as, uh, and it currently is, because you can't go to a single website, well, except yours, without seeing an ad. <laughs> and uh, you know, especially, I mean, just look at Rolling Stone. It used to be the corning, the like the cornerstone of all music mags, and then you can't get to the table of contents within twenty pages mm-hmm. because there's just so many freaking ads in it. And I, I do not doubt that EGM suffered from the same consequence, which is a shame because. 
God, the the year-end special we were looking at had like 500 pages in it. Oh, it was ridiculous. All full of information that was actually really useful in some context, you know? Are gaming magazines irrelevant today? Yeah. I think so. You get the information faster on the internet, and the (laughs) only thing that you get out of a magazine is just editorializing. And even then, it seems to have gone downhill the last couple years. Anyone with a blog can do an editorial on a game these days. Yeah, I mean, we're doing it on this show. And there's RSS feeds, and there's blogs, and there's Dig... Oh my god. Dang. The internet killed a lot of the functions and they still had the editorializing with the blogs have done a pretty good job of stopping that. But you know, at the same time, they still find ways to kinda hang around. Yeah. Uh one of the big things to do is to throw in the demo discs. And that's right. the mm-hmm. that's the big things that still get people to read. Uh I'm amazed at some of the magazines that are still around. Nintendo Power is still around. Well my my brother gets tips and tricks in I, the mail. You and I were talking about this earlier. How does that magazine still exist? Its sole purpose is to be a collection of codes. But but you know what you know what they did was they expanded and mm-hmm. they added reviews and they did more stuff. They used to do some strategy guides back in the day, very condensed ones. But it's like why? Because you can't put in every code from every system because then the magazine's too big. That's what the internet's for. That's what GameFAQ is for. It's like. Uh, why would you? What is wrong with your brother? I I've talked to him about. It. I said, why would you subscribe <laughs> to this? And he just says, well, I like it. And you know, I think there's a thing about young people like getting things in the mail, and they like getting magazines. And that's why that's true. That's very true. There's I, a Game Pro on the toilet right now. Yeah, you get reading material in the toilet, traveling I, while you're riding somewhere, going on a trip somewhere, and you won't have internet access. Yeah, you can't exactly uh, bring your laptop to the toilet. Although I know many who have, but. Yeah, blogs don't work when you're. I wouldn't crying. recommend it. No, not at all. I gotta say, I also do enjoy holding something when I'm playing the game, not getting up to look at the computer. I don't have a laptop, so I can't just put that on the couch next to me. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to play a game with your laptop and, and on you, your lap, and anyway. you can't fold your laptop and like, yeah, exactly. Cut pages from it. You can't cut out a Mortal Kombat two screenshot. And they don't like, give away posters. Oh my god, that was a huge draw. Sometimes I'm ripping this. I'm looking here. <laughs> Um, there's some previews of games. Rama One Half, Samurai oh Showdown, Akira. There was a Super Nintendo game from THQ. Was it as bad as Atari's ET? I don't know. I've never played it. Which Rama game? Hard bad. Rama One Half Part Two. Oh, you perked Mary's interest. Yeah, I only no played problems. one Rama game. I saw the ears go up. This section of EGM. This is called International Outlook, and it's pretty much just pages and pages of them previewing Super Famicom games. Mega Drive, 3DO, and what caught my interest here is these old EGMs are great because in the front they have um, games directory listing what page uh, every game that the cover is on. So I'm going here, oh, here's some Super Butoden 3 screens. Oh, that's kind of neat. And next page is Yu Yu Hakusho, and there's Ultraman. But in the main uh, preview here, International News, I see the screenshot of Trunks. This is from the Playdia game, and uh, they're talking about the Bandai BA-X system. I have to imagine this is what became the Playdia. I don't know what they're talking about here. This is August 94. This is when those games were coming out. So that's pretty interesting. They're saying a cartoon, like Dragon Ball Z 3, and I guess there's three Dragon Ball Z series, (laughs) (laughs) would play. Then it would stop and give you a choice of what the character should do next. And yeah, that's what the Playdia game was. There are these just pages and pages of import games. We don't see this anymore. Now, one big thing with these old magazines. Mary, can you pick up that EGM right there with Mortal Kombat 4 on the cover? This is from October 97. And this is when um, anime was starting to really kick it hardcore over here. 
DBZ had been on, Sailor Moon had been on. They were even kind of, I don't want to say passe at that point, but how would you describe that period of like 97, 98? I, I would yeah. describe it as my mother actually started to know what Japanese animation was. I'll agree with that. Right. right. My well, mother this... was like, oh, I see these figures with the big eyes and the big heads, but and something like, about that. And you'd see like Saturday anime and your entire family would be like, wow, that's really different. Looking. Yeah. We should say this is pre-anime tsunami. Right. Yeah. This is mostly stuff in syndication and Saturday morning you know, stuff and, like and Samurai Night. Pizza Cats and right. what else was airing back then? Techno Man. Oh my god. Ronin Warriors. When did DBZ begin on Cartoon Network on Tsunami? That was 98, I believe. So 97, this was... So it was also before <gasps> Pokemon. I think I found one of those shots I was looking for. Ooh. One of those Final Bout ones. The game doesn't look like that. Anyways, so the back of these magazines, this is what I wanted to talk about. Back then, the back of all these game magazines were these import software Yeah, I was stores, just about to say that. And they show <laughs> all these Saturn games and PlayStation games, and they're all anime-based. Just going down the list here, Gundam, Ghost in the Shell, Dragon Ball. Okay, Breath of Fire 3 isn't anime. Tobal, Tobal 2. Yeah, it's close. close. Tobal never came out here. Rockman, Street Fighter Collection. Um, what else? Goemon. You know, you know what else they used to do? They used to advertise games that weren't out yet. Mm-hmm. Games that weren't even made. They advertised games that were never made. I remember oh, seeing commercials for Sonic Extreme all the yep. time. I remember never that. Never came out. Never right. came out. And they're even selling music CDs. This is Game Cave. I remember them. I remember them. And model kits. Ava model kits. Music CDs. What do we have here? We have DBZ 18 and a half. Sailor Moon. Evangelion. Blue Seed. FF6 soundtrack. <laughs> and the page before here, they're selling um, import systems. Only $249 for a Sega Saturn. Selling the Nomad here. That's uh, actually a pretty good price, I think. For Saturn? Yeah. Back then? Yeah. yeah. It comes with a controller. Oh, it came with like five games, too. Shit. That's good. Good stuff. And then you had the Funko. Japan Video Games, your number one source of American and Japanese video games. DBZ is everywhere back here. Here's that Super Famicom SNES converter, $15. That was that pin converter that I don't actually use because I ripped out the tabs. If you listened last week and saw the pictures. So they would sell you all these things so you can play your Japanese games. You don't see this shit anymore. That's because everyone bootlegs. You think? Uh, probably. That was about I, the rise of the internet. I don't know. I think a lot of people can order stuff online that's easier. They can eBay it. That's true. And they can um, go to Yes Asia. October 97, I my family didn't have their first online computer yet. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been ordering online. Mine did, and that did not appear. It, well, was... those companies didn't always have websites back then. Yeah, no, right. that, that's for sure. They were mail order because yeah, you there was no yeah. e-commerce the way we know it now going on back then. Right, right. There's no CD Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I think that's really where the import market went. The, yeah, there's some bootlegging going on for sure, but I mean, people are still getting import Japanese games for PS2. I don't. Well, they were bootlegging them. You can do it, but I don't think most people do. I think they just get the imports. Mm-hmm. There was always a Chinatown, so you know, it's yeah. like you always had your local China, uh, Chinatown that had a, a, a game like or a store like that, but nothing well, I don't that know appeared if in a, a magazine. Local Chinatown everywhere that's going to be selling bootleg stuff. Let me put... Even the one in Philly is pretty skimpy on on that stuff. Oh, no, New York's got it packed. Well, New York's, well, New York's got it packed, but yeah. I mean, New York's a real. Chi- if you're living like 
I don't know in 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 if you're in not living you know? if you're not living in a coast basically because New York's got it and San Francisco's got it but right. really anywhere in between it doesn't really have it. Here's what I want to put out to you guys: most people would say that gaming has become much more accepted and mainstream. Was gaming so much more niche back then that people who are into gaming would inherently lean towards the anime stuff and the import stuff and that stuff no. would attract them? I don't no. think so. No. No. We were all kids, all playing video games. Every kid played video games. Yeah, but and, but not everyone's into anime now. I specifically look back at some of these older magazines. I didn't notice the Dragon Ball stuff in them until I'd already been into the series. So I'm not sure how I feel about what I even just suggested. I actually do think that if you were into games back then or hardcore enough to read all the magazines... Maybe you're more easily predisposed to wanting to look at that stuff. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, I didn't – like, I saw that Dragon Ball Z stuff. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Whatever. I would it. skip a lot of stuff. You know? yeah. I would not read every word in those magazines. Oh, I wouldn't either. Just what interested me. Yeah. And you buy it based if, on the cover. Yeah. A lot of the time. And if I saw Dragon Power, I'm probably going to skip it. Yeah, Definitely. I didn't notice that until years later. Well, what made you go back and even look for it? I Being a big dork? Well, yeah. Other than that. It helps. I, I know. Well, <laughs> first of all, it's the first Nintendo Power. So as I got older and appreciated the magazine more and more, I really took a look at what was in there. And I really read every word and every page just to see, you know, kind of historical significance. And then I saw Shenlong. Like, it could have just been a generic Shenlong. But, but, it, but it said Goku right there, too. Oh, yeah. And then I said, I know what this is. Hmm. Well, it's kind of interesting, though, because I uh, bring up a good point, because um, this is 97, so it's kind of like a new wave of anime coming around. Right. And um, if they were showing that stuff specifically with, like, a lot of anime-based and, uh, you know, fighting game-based games being shown in, like, import stuff, then there apparently was a market. Right. Because they wouldn't show it unless they got paid unless to show it. Unless people were buying that stuff. Right. So obviously, they were doing well for themselves. Yeah, but, but even then, remember, that was, they were expensive. They weren't cheap. Oh, yeah, they're no, like they 80 bucks in the back there so, for I mean, Super Famicom. Yeah, yeah. definitely. They, they may, they, I don't think they were buying any kind of large quantities of it. They were still buying in small amounts and then charging oh, yeah. a lot to make up for Absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't a big market. It was a market, but it was... Well, Definitely a niche market. This is like this is like limited. It's pre Otakon dealer room stretching three That's different true. rooms, you know. So I guess, uh, yeah, if you were going to get it somewhere, it was going to be there. Let's move on a little bit through the years here. Um, I'm going to take a step back from '97 back to '95, and EGM here uh, arcade action, not even necessarily import stuff. They're showing Dragon Ball Z2 by Bam Presto. Satan is a pretty strong character, being the master of martial arts. So they know all the names. Well, actually, all the names here are in English, so I guess they could easily see what it was. But they're not showing just Japanese stuff. They're just covering Japanese games. Then the next section is the international news. Sailor Moon S for Game Gear. I didn't even know there was a Game Gear. And they're showing the import of Toshin Den. Let's keep moving on. How about, let's go back to the back of the magazines for a little bit. Who remembers Envelope Art? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, I'm sure the magazines still do that. Yeah. If you go back and look at your old gaming magazines and look at all the envelope art, I guarantee you, on average, at least one every month, is Dragon Ball envelope art. I just picked a random EGM, looked at the envelope art, their winner that month was a drawing of Super Saiyan Goku. Wait and see here. Um, that, wow, that, Asian kids have been around for a long time. <laughs> the one I picked up was 97. It had been airing in the U.S. at that point. Yeah. But they were also showing... Um, no characters that hadn't appeared yet. Mm -hmm. Mary, you remember No Trunks? Yeah. Explain that. 
Oh, it's God, not gaming uh, magazine related, but um, there was Cartoon Network back in the day would actually air fan art, I believe. Which right? Oh my God, that's, that's pretty interesting. Oh, I remember that? Um, and I remember either uh, me or other people, probably just a lot of fans in general, would send Dragon Ball fan art and draw trunks. And for some reason, they actually specifically addressed the issue of Trunks fan art during one of um, you know, their broadcasts. They, they had a rule that was like, you can only um, send in pictures for characters that have appeared on Toonami programming. This means no Trunks. <laughs> and the fact that they addressed the character by name. They were getting you know, so much. It's like, you know who the character is, so... I have to imagine this is going to be airing at some point. Right. So, I <laughs> well, what did I do? I made some campaign on my website, which was <laughs> everyone really? send me your Trunks fan art, and I'm going to mail it to Cartoon Network just to, like piss them off. That's awesome. and I got like a hundred pieces of fan art or something. That's amazing. The, the parallel I want to draw here is that in the magazines and on TV, these Dragon Ball fans, 97, season two was repeating indefinitely in syndication. They hadn't gotten to this shit yet. But all these fans knew all the stuff about later in the series. We were watching fan subs, or at least we were starting to get into fan subs around then. Yeah, that's when or I got Maybe a... they felt they couldn't promote that. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Now, that's what. That's when I was handed the tapes to watch too. Mm-hmm. That was that was around ninety seven, ninety eight. So yeah, uh, you kids in your tapes. Don't you know that's how the ring started <laughs> <laughs> through Dragon Ball fan subs? <laughs> exactly. Anime Labs. We're going to skip to ninety seven now, and uh, a little bit of Dragon Ball video game history. Ninety seven is when we thought Dragon Ball gaming ended. Final Bout came out in September ninety seven, and that was it. Nothing. When did we figure that Legendary Super Warriors came out? Was that 2001? 2002. 2002. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but I think that was the first game to come out since Final Bout. So 97 to 2002, I think there was nothing. In the U.S., we got um, Legacy of Goku, and we got a collectible card game. That kind of started off here again. There was this resurgence. But 97 is when we thought it ended. And I'm looking at EGM from August 1997, the month before Final Bout came out. And I got another one of those um, half-page previews. But this is the American version because this came out in America. Percent complete, 60%. It was coming out the next month and it was 60% complete. Maybe that explains a little something about Final Bout. Let me just read a couple quotes from here. The popularity of Dragon Ball pushes far past the boundaries of Japan. Here in the U.S., enthusiasts have been passed up every time a Dragon Ball video game has dared to hit the drawing board. Hopefully, sometime later this year, Bandai will allow their latest Dragon Ball title, Dragon Ball GT, to hit the States. Sure enough, it came out that next month. And what we're going to do here is skip to September and look at their review of Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. Full page review. Amazing. But near the back. Well, that's where all the reviews were back then. Oh, okay. Hmm. Actually, is this a review? or is it put a ahead of G Police, which was a pretty good game. This is a preview. I'm sorry. So maybe I should look at the next month for the review, too. But full page preview, that was pretty big. I really think that uh, the editors were pretty big anime fans back then. They were giving preference to all this stuff. I mean, this stuff doesn't get printed without some kind of editorial control over what's going in there. But clearly, they had a different mindset from the people like Bandai who were actually in charge of releasing the game. Right. Because they seemed to be more interested in talking about the game than the people who made the game who didn't want to bring it out. <laughs> right, that's true. And down here they are acknowledging, oh, this is, you know, actually airing on uh, TV here. Over 300 episodes aired in Japan, try over 500 by that point, uh, comparing it to Power Rangers and all that stuff. And, oh. wh- and what was the mentality to not release the game? The Dragon Ball games? Yeah. Well, there were so many games, and we didn't get the series for so long. 
So I, I think if, if they were going to release a game, fans in the U.S. wouldn't even know who those characters were because it was so far past them. But then I wonder, well, what about Final Bout then? Because we didn't have Dragon Ball GT for like another half a decade. And we're like, what is Super Saiyan 4? What's Super Saiyan 4? We had no idea. Why does he have a tail? Who's this giant monkey? Why are there six Gokus? I remember seeing that too because I got the tapes and then would see that stuff and be like, holy crap, how the hell did it get that far? Right. And that couldn't be in the next episode. It was very strange that we even got that game. And that was why that one got a limited pressing. Uh, only like 10,000 copies came out in the U.S. That's why it got pushed up to $100, $200 on eBay. It didn't really get a huge push over here, but it came out. And uh, the fact that it was airing here to some degree kind of got it to come out. I think my question is, though, where are the editors of these magazines? And, uh, you know, are, are there any sort of like, have they ever given like any insight as to how they did them? Because um, where they get the games, how right. did they get them? And wh- where they get, I mean, like how they get all this information on them? Because obviously they're, they have interest in it. Right. Well, so. a lot of those magazines, I think, are California based. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that makes sense. I'm sure they have Japanese friends. And EGM ended up being Ziff Davis. That's California. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think there's any big mystery there. I mean, it's a little different here on the East Coast where... Right. Not so much anymore today. Yeah, but even still, we don't have a big Japanese population. We have a big Chinese population, and mm-hmm. they are interested in Japanese stuff. But it's a little <laughs> different, I think, from having a big Japanese population sure. and having yeah. more access to that. Type especially, of thing. especially since when I when I was in California, I stayed around the San Jose area, mm-hmm. and especially in San Jose, there was a Kinokuniya next to a Japanese supermarket, and the whole area was just Japanese uh, influence and. Um, God forbid. I mean, there's such more of a community there than there is here. Just like the the few spotlight places in like New York and maybe one place in Philly, that's it. I mean, Jersey has Edgewater. Yeah. But I mean, even that's mostly Korean these days. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let, let me take this conversation into – I'm just going to put a single word out there and see what I get back in return. Stigma. Context? What happened to the coverage of anime and Japanese games and what were their attitudes towards them as time went on? It got too popular here and too kiddified. Mm. It, I think it was pretty quick, and then it had to it had to die down somewhat. Because yeah, it was. Well, let's see. When when was Pokemon again? Ninety eight, ninety nine. I yeah. think it was earlier than that. Even when the games came out, the whole point here is if you read gaming magazines today, they're talking about the Dragon Ball games. Actually, not so much Dragon Ball, but the Naruto games, the One Piece games, anything based on anime. It's always. Oh, fuck these anime games. They suck. We don't want to talk about these. We'll give it like a sixteenth of a page to talk about these. Back then, they were giving Super Butoden 3 six pages of coverage. W- what happened? Uh, I, Andrew, don't you want to say something about like how, like you were saying earlier about like how the, the gaming companies really didn't care <laughs> about the games at all. And we gave them such, uh, you know, high acclaim. I think it reversed yeah. probably later on. Well, what happened, I would, you know, think was, um, they saw that the editors were pushing this and that it was getting a lot of positive response. So they started giving and it to so them? And so it became cutting edge. Mm. And companies always want to be on the cutting edge. It was new. It was different. We hadn't really seen it before. I mean, it was the same old, same old in Japan. But That's here true. it was cutting edge and it was new. That's true. And so the companies finally decided they'd take a while to get a, 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 a to accept a change. But once they, mm. they caught it, they said, oh, okay, now we're going to promote the hell out of it. And it probably just got overkilled where 
people were, I mean, you and I, you, when we were young in high school, we thought Ninja Scroll was so cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, definitely. it was so different from anything we had seen. We look at it now and think, oh my God, this is such crap. The movie is absolutely atrocious. But didn't, we thought it was cool because it <laughs> right. was so different mm-hmm. from anything we had seen. Our ideas of animation growing up was Looney Tunes. Right. He-Man, and they were so tame in comparison. So it's the same thing with the games, that they were so different, they must have been awesome. And well, I would I would laugh the anime games kind of together with the whole mm-hmm. rise of anime. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it probably just became overkill to some extent, to the point that, you know, you hear the same song on the radio, it was cool right. when it was new, but then it gets overplayed and you don't want to hear it as much anymore. Perfect parallel with that is the Naruto games coming out in the U.S., I think they're putting out the GameCube games like every six months or even less than that. They're up to four in Japan. You know, they, were, they weren't coming out every six months. But now in the U.S. we're getting... They're like trying to catch up to those. They're putting out all the GameCube games, all the PS2 games, all the Game Boy Advance games, all the DS games, like all at once. And the gaming magazine's just going like, fuck this. We don't care. Now they have to find a new cutting edge. What's different now? What's new? And it's not anime. Is there anything? Because gaming's so global now. Um, That's probably the problem right there. So it? it's, it's not a niche thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, the video game market expanded so that you know rappers and rock stars now have at least uh, an Xbox mm-hmm. in their trailer. And it's just oh, like, they have to have at least one game with them in it. Exactly. So it is mainstream. Yeah, which is exactly the problem. It's That's it's right. mainstream for people under 30. That's maybe true. Maybe under mm-hmm. 35. Right. Well, what's the statistic? The age of the average gamer is 29, 30. Is it that? Old? I think it's a bit younger. I, I think, think it's, it's younger like than 24, that. 24, 25. It's still up to like the 27, you know, mm. I think limit is 27 because uh, technically what? Because, um, you know, when you start working and work increases yeah. and, then you, and then you get married and have kids, you certainly don't have time for those games anymore. And what, uh, and what age group does Cartoon Network uh, Adult Swim geared towards? It's like right where the whole gaming mm-hmm. thing kind of ends is like up to the 27 year age. I mean, oh, if, if Robot Chicken wasn't aimed for us, I don't know <laughs> yeah, exactly. what is. I play my DS at work and people are like, what's he doing? What's that? And then some of the people get into it like, oh, is that the DS Lite? Because one day I brought in the DS Lite because I couldn't see FF3 on the old DS because it, mm-hmm. it needs the proper brightness. And they kind of get into it. Like, oh, wow. Actually, you know, it's getting a bit of a resurgence just by like a personal anecdote here. Mm-hmm. My dad wants to get a DS so he can play Brain Age. Yeah. You know, and Sudoku looks better there than it does on, on his newspaper. Brain Age is it's, one of the best Sudoku games Yeah, ever. I mean, definitely. I, I think that's a little different, though. I think that's... a uh, a it's real it's geared towards change them change in strategy mm-hmm. to gear it towards non gamers. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we are talking about what's exciting people these days, what's cutting edge. We yeah. I think is totally is what's exciting people because it's so it's so different. You know, you talk to the hardcore gamers, I think most of them like the 360. Uh, oh yeah. I was just reading on Kotaku today, I was browsing, you know, they're talking about John people like Carmack. Mm-hmm. What does he love? He loves the 360. What I don't even know who that is. He designed all those games, you know, the ones I'm talking about. John Carmack? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, There's real popular PC games. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think, was it, did he do first-person shooters? I thought he did the Sierra games. See, I'm, not, I'm, I'm so not into Mary, my games to Wikipedia. Research. Sure, anyway, <laughs> the point is, point is he's, he's a hardcore gamer. Mm-hmm. He really loves the 360. But the 360 
Earthquake. Right, right. But the 360 still isn't... It's next generation, but all it really is is improved graphics. The gameplay still the same. The Wii just is so sort of cutting edge. Well, let's not get into the what is next generation debate. Mary, who's this guy? He was the lead programmer for Wolfenstein Doom Quake. Okay. Yeah, like I said, the first-person yeah, yeah. first shooter. Person shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, because that's what the 360 is. It's your first-person shooter console. I guess we have... Um, Red Steel. <laughs> you don't have Red Steel. No, of oh. course not. I think we kind of exhausted that. What really happened to the anime game coverage? The only thing that's kind of strange is that the latest Dragon Ball games have kind of been getting really good reviews from these magazines. It's that kind of shocked, wait a minute, this is a good game. Now, I don't particularly care about X-Play anymore and kind of shit. But um, I think they named it the fighting game of the year, Budokai Tenkaichi 2. What was your... Really? Yeah, what I was your review? I don't actually read game magazines anymore. Sparking Neo, I... You said it was meh, right? Yeah. So, what did they like about it? Wasn't there... I thought we were watching a review that they had, and they gave it a lousy review. They were doing... We were watching it on demand, the X-Play review of Super Dragon Ball Z, oh, where yeah. they talk about the game for about five seconds... And then put this stuff up in the front, like, like sock pup- puppets. puppets, and just make jokes for the rest of the two minutes. Like, that's what I'm talking about, where they're just like, oh, fuck this, we don't want to talk about this. Mm. Well, my, my kind of opinion of the game magazines are, the people writing them aren't very good. No. Right. And, no, I, and it's been that, that way for a little while. I used to read the EGMs and, mm-hmm. and think that they were quite good and that they knew what they were talking oh, yeah. about. I think so many people have sort of expanded and the internet has kind of diluted some mm-hmm. of the talent pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to, for the first time publicly, trash a podcast. I was listening to an IGN podcast. I have were, no part of this. And they were talking <laughs> about how Dragon Quest Nine was coming to the DS. And they were talking about how, um, oh, wow, it, it's strange that, uh, you know, a main console, not a spinoff, the next game in a series, was going from a console to a handheld. Is this the first time? There's four professional people sitting around talking about this. And not a single one could come up with another example of a series that started on a console and went to a handheld. <laughs> what? Someone shout something out. Link's Awakening. Okay. I was just going to say fucking Zelda. What the hell? <laughs> Even Final Metroid? Fantasy, for God's sakes. Metroid. That was a big one for me. Metroid 2, Return of Samus. Yeah. The, the actual sequel to Metroid went from NES to Game Boy. And Mario. Well, those are kind of spinoffs. Well, they were Mario Land. They got they were spinoffs, but they also did like their uh, their own series from right. there on out. Exactly. That's kind of, I was just irritated. Like, can't someone in this professional getting paid to do this come up with an example? Or were they just the interns or the janitors that they just decided to give a podcast to? I don't know. So, is it too mainstream that even the people getting paid to do it can't even talk about this stuff? Well, anymore? I mean. Are they doing it as a hobby or is it their job? Is that that's their job. Or are we just too nerdy? That could be it. (laughs) Um, I mean, they try to hire people for journalistic skills, I think, over actual knowledge. Very true. But what they should do is they should basically do what they do in sports. You have the commentary guy, the journalistic guy, and then you have your knowledge guy. You need the fact checker. Yeah, and the fact checker. Which is technically Mary right now. That, yes. That's true. I'm at the computer. Mary and Julian fact check me and make sure I don't. I'm the talk color out of my commentator. Ass. <laughs> well, 
Well, I think we're going to end this subject. Um, we covered a lot of stuff. What I'm going to do is scan as much of this stuff as I can. I want to make a new tidbit, I've been meaning to do this for a while, of old DBZ video game coverage from old gaming magazines. So hopefully I can get my ass on this. I don't know if it'll be done by the time this is out. Maybe a couple images will be up. But, uh, but hey, you got Monday off, so that's you true. win. <laughs> that's true. So definitely check that out. And uh, that's going to wrap up the topic. We don't have Julian's and OABC's. Uh, we're still collecting top five list ideas. We get a lot more this week, Mary. I need to share some of these with awesome. you. Awesome. I look forward to it. So we'll get back to the top five I want to do soon. it on the fly, though. That would be awesome. Well, then I don't have to think. I'll just be spontaneous. Well, we haven't run long with a topic. We okay. Do that. Um, I don't think there's anything else coming out in January. The next thing coming out is Haru Kanaru Goku Densetsu on the DS. That's in February, February 8th, Mary? Yes. All right. So we're just going to move on to the emails. And when we have emails, the man with the deep voice. That's right. Reads them for us. How's everybody doing in that lover's lane? Good. <laughs> Ew. All right. Um, what the hell does that say? Text recorder bathroom. Uh, the email comes to us from recorder bathroom. That's his name? Sure, that's what it said in the from. Oh, that's hot. What's recorder bathroom have to say? <laughs> I feel like I should record in the bathroom just to, like, <laughs> be official on that. All right. Um, okay, he says, the biotech sector is in rapid expansion. Watch CBFE on Monday, January 15th. Oh, I'm sorry. This is just my uh, stock spam email. Wow. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> email number two comes from Jamie. Jamie says, hey, Mike, Mary, and Julian, this is Jamie, pronounced Jaime. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Can you tell I don't rehearse before I read these? <laughs> yeah, okay. Denizard from Orlando, Florida. I've listed, listed to all hey, your podcasts. That's podca- what it says. You're good. <laughs> Well, you weren't kidding when you said you weren't going to proofread these before I did them. All right. I've listened to all <laughs> all your podcast episodes, and I think you guys are great. Well, they don't anymore. But... No, not anymore. I love to hear you guys talk about DBZ and other shonen anime for a change. Most of the podcasts I listen to are tech-related, Dignation, for example. Anyways, I have two questions for you guys today. Sorry, broke the one-question email rule. Whatever. Go ahead. First question. You know, maybe, should I go, like, all female? I don't have a female voice. I'm sorry, hi, May. But um, first question. I know you guys kind have kind of talked about this before in other episodes, but what kind of anime-related merchandise, including DVDs, do you guys have? Not just DVD. Uh, DVD. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not just DBZ. It can be from any anime. We don't have a whole lot of strange stuff. I do. By the way, Jeff Jeff is drunk. (laughs) Yes, I am. No, actually, it was just a little bit of rum. Holy crap. Well, let me get you some more, my good friend. That's a guitar. (laughs) No, my glass is right next to it. (laughs) Well, it's just as good as a smack in the head from a guitar, isn't it? Put the two of them together, you got the lots. Yeah. Mary, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I got I got weird anime merchandise. What do you have? I've got a Hana Yuri Dango. Ah, now Did I'm you drunk. Just say Dango. Dango. Hana Yuri Dango puzzle. That's true. That's but that's not incredibly rare. Yeah. Why is it paid like seventy five dollars for that it shit? Mean it's rare. It just means you're silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got a trunk cell. I'm happy to have that. That's true. We have little Dragon Ball speakers. That you plug in, say, maybe an iPod or so. We get that at Oticon one year. Oh my year. god, I, su- I should use it. It's next to Frieza, right there. What you about your cell thing? phone holders? I'm getting to that. that. Speakers. 
we've taken pictures of this before, actually. From Mr. Deluxe. This is, I'm gonna or is that from... We got some stuff from Julian. We got the towel from Julian. I have my microphone on the table on top of a capsule core um, hand towel. He'll be happy to know we're using that towel wisely. Yeah, I'm not actually wiping my face with it. Actually, those hand towels are really common in Japan. Yeah, but... They're not strange at all. But they're they're soft. <laughs> Says <And>, my skin. <laughs> I know. And we have a cell phone holder here with Shenlong on it. Uh, what other strange stuff do we have? What about that alarm clock you have? I have an alarm clock? Didn't you get it free with something? Didn't you talk about it before? Yeah, something recently. Some kind of Dragon Ball alarm clock? Yeah, it was like a, uh, a Dragon Radar alarm clock. I think that's weird. I have no idea what you're talking about. You talked about it during one of your podcasts. <laughs> it's like right there. Oh, oh, the thing <laughs> that came with Sparking Neo. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Your, sco- what does it call it? Scoter? Scouter? Scouter. They came with the Dragon Boxes, or the dra- the movie's Dragon Boxes. Is that Box. not strange? Uh, no, you can buy them. Oh, for Christ. Do we have any other strange stuff? I don't think We've we have. We've got One Piece Christmas plushies. Oh, yes, we well, they're still out. Our Chopper and our Luffy. Um, Chopper's the reindeer, and Luffy's dressed up as Santa. Again, not incredibly rare, but no. just fun stuff. Lots of soundtracks, uh, lots of import DVDs, lots of American DVDs, lots of manga. It's a real, it's a real nerd den here. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, with the gaming magazines sprawled across the floor, maybe it is. Well, at least now we don't have anime posters all over the wall. This is true. Yeah, we don't have any of those. And I'm shocked, really. When we shocked. first moved in here, I, I, I don't know if it was just me or if it both. I can't talk. It was both of us. It, we both agreed that we were not going to plaster our walls with anime posters. And at the time, we didn't mm. have so much of a collection. And now we've been here almost three years, and our collection's big. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I want to hide some of this stuff again. Well, our whole I want our center, bookshelf to be a bookshelf now. Our if, whole center bookshelf is all Dragon Ball. Now. You know, if you had a garage, that's where that stuff would go. That's technically. Yeah. This is what we did in, in my place, anyway. Right. We have all these movie posters and anime posters. We just put them up in the garage. If we had an extra room that was more of a workroom, I would definitely geek it out. Yeah. Put back all my old posters. I got some nice one-piece posters that were only up uh, back when I lived with my parents for like half a year before moving out on my own. So, colorful. I think the strangest anime little knick-knack that I have is... You have? Yes. But you don't watch no, anime. I, I don't. Oh, and ooh, it's I not think really I know, I know what he's going at, I think. Really? I, I thought you had, you like, do. a Morrigan and, um... Oh, Willis I do. I have, I have two, but that's because I was into the games. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. It, it, similar to that. Oh, my God. I know what it is. Go ahead. I don't think you do. That's I don't think I've ever showed you. I think... I bought at the airport in Japan ANA Airlines little figurines of their stewardesses done in anime style. That wasn't With what I all was. the different uniforms that they've worn that's throughout the different years. Anything. What? Don't you have an anime blow-up doll? <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. A goodbye present from my friends. One of them worked in a porn store and got a heavy discount, like 75%. All those years. Bought me. Oh, I hope. God, that would be disgusting. Anyway, Sloppy they bought me an anime blow up doll. Is it any specific character? It no, just... it's not. Because I'm sure they would be sued for that, and those companies are probably really cheap. And they blew it up, and there I was. And we were outside having, like, we were playing basketball, and I think we were grilling food. And so while I was playing the basketball game, they blew up this anime blow-up doll. And I went out, (laughs) and, and my plate with my food was 
this the thing is life size. It's as big as a person. It was a blow up anime doll. Now yeah. it just looks like any other blow up doll, but it's got like anime looking eyes, which I guess is the only <laughs> difference. But that's pretty disturbing. Yeah, I, have, I think that answers the question perfectly. I've, I think I've got that in my attic. <laughs> I should bring that down. Actually, I was gonna say, do you want me to like add what I have in? Yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah. Collection? Do you have weird stuff? Um, actually, I, I, I did. This is a sad story. Oh. I had. I had the entire Kubrick set of the Ava characters. Oh, did you? You've never seen the Kubrick sets. They are absolutely cute. And they're they're great sets. The only problem is they're terribly built. Yeah. And um yeah, I had the entire set and I built the whole thing and include Ray with like all her different poses and the you would exchange her hair for the white one, give her wings and turn her <laughs> naked and she'd be, you know, the devil spawn. It was great. Um but no, I had to, I had to get rid of them because they were just so poorly built and uh, I had to move out and uh they they were not going to transport well cuz then I have to take them apart and rebuild it. Just didn't work. So those were taken out. Um but I have <laughs> I had the four Ava uh, action figure, like the big stand-up guys. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know what to do with them because I'm not a huge action hero nerd. So I posed them as a rock band and uh, <laughs> super glued them to a piece of cardboard. Nice. And the pictures of that look great. Sweet. <laughs> I had to get rid of that too. They sold at a garage sale for 20 bucks. <laughs> nice. It was a good deal. But that's uh, that's about all I have except for your stand- you know, standard wall scrolls and stuff. Right. Yeah. So Jaime has a second <laughs> question. And this question is... Uh, she. Uh, she? Yeah, I hope it's she. She says, uh, this one is for Mike. How do you take the OP videos from your DBZ PS2 games? Do you use a video capture card, or do you just rip videos straight off the DVD game using some kind of software? Boring tech email. I do digitally rip uh, the stuff from the games using a combination of software, and every time a new game comes out, I've forgotten which programs I use. And some of them involve long, archaic DOS prompts. And it always takes me a day to relearn how to do everything. And since I haven't done it since Sparking Neo and it's been a while, I couldn't even tell you what I use. But Google is your friend. Mm. Mike is also your friend, but Google's a better friend. Uh, if I could chime in? Yeah. There's actually uh, there's video capture stuff. Actually, <laughs> You can actually find it in the Apple Store. Um, oh, yeah. You can just use a capture card. That's always... Yeah. I mean, uh, just get a FireWire out capture card that has, uh, you know, like a standard analog video in. Mm-hmm. You know? Look for the yellow port that goes to a FireWire, yeah. and you're good. I have I have a FireWire capture card thing for Mac, but Where, no Mac computer. Where's your Mac? <laughs> where's the Mac? <laughs> I don't have, where's I don't the have Mac? It anymore. Where's the Mac? Yeah, Probably you, some guy in Chicago has it. Yeah, you do need drivers for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, we have one more question. And this is actually an audio question, so you're done, Jeff. <sighs> this question comes to us from Albert, and um, it actually kind of goes along with the rest of the episode. Hey, Mike. It's Albert. Um, I have a quick question referring to Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. Now, as you may remember, back in 1997, they only released about 10,000 copies of this game here in the U.S. But back in 2004, um, they re-released this game. Now, is this the same exact version that was released in 1997, or did they make any slight alterations to this uh, second release? Well, Albert, that's a fantastic question. And yes, it is exactly the same. Now, you'll remember that Final Bout was released by Bandai here in the U.S. when it came out in 97. And Atari is the one who re-released it here. Every single last bit of coding on the game is exactly the same as it was in 1997. There was no Atari logo when you play the game. There's the Bandai logo. Um, All the voices are the same in-house from 97. 
no Funimation cast in there. There's no vocal opening. It's exactly the same game. The only thing that's different is the packaging. So you, I believe you can even use your save files from 97 on the re-released version of the game. Because every if you put it in compare the file sizes, exactly the same. Isn't that strange? That's kind of creepy. The company didn't even bother to like put their own new logo in it. Let's double check this. Oh, that's just being really lazy. That is being lazy. That's <laughs> because I know people are Whoa, just buying it. Uh, things are following. All right. Um... Here's the re-release. Andrew, you're closest to the PS2. The American one is the one on the bottom. This is where the girl from Ipanema theme comes in. It's like intermission <laughs> music. Uh, you give me Guitar Hero. Turn on the TV, too. I like the ices! There you go. What button is? It's already on it because we were playing Guitar Hero. Oh, right. So we've just put in the re-release of Final Bout into the American PS2. It's making noise. There it goes. Remember that sound? You don't need to put the microphone up there. It's <laughs> it does. Up. It's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be feedback, I think. Uh, I think the bort, bort, bort should come. It's Bandai. Yep, there's the Bandai logo. And it should start up with that crappy instrumental uh, Final Bad opening. There you have it. Live in person. Oh, you're dun, right, dun, because... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, when you showed me this game, I was always curious as to why the video quality was so bad. Oh, yeah, it's a PS1 game. Well, still, I mean, it's like... It's shit for PS1. And what was the original system it was on? Yeah, it looks like high, it looks oh. like high-quality Saturn. <laughs> That's true. Saturn yeah. video sucks. That's true. All right, you can turn the PS2 off. I can't, because it's the button's in the back. No, you can hold the power button. Don't you know this? Oh, yeah, but it doesn't really go off. That's fine. It's like sleep mode. That's fine. So, yeah, so we, we just reconfirmed that the Bandai logo's logo. Bandai logo is the one that shows up. It's exactly the same. I love how they say one to eight players. What? Because you can go into tournament mode ah. and switch controllers around. So, yep, there you go. Yeah, if switching controllers makes it eight players, then pretty much every game ever made is <laughs> eight players, including RPGs. Actually, I thought we were done, but we have the contest thing we want to talk about. Oh, right. We are giving away shit. Andrew, your microphone is on top of several jump, and I think one of them is shrink-wrapped. That is the weekly jump from Christmas Day that includes the One Piece and Dragon Ball crossover. You don't actually need to take it out. I'm just confirming where it is. And we're going to give that issue... Yeah. Was that gang sign? It's like... I understand. Gotcha. We're giving away that issue next week. You have one more week to get in your emails. Very simple contest. All you do is send in an email. You are sending it to contest at dizex.com. Uh, Andrew, can you spell the word contest for me? I'm not a good speller, but I think it's K. Jeff, can you spell the word contest for me? Um. I, I think I could. It's C O N T E S T contest. Fantastic! I win. <laughs> and then there's the at symbol that is uh, shift two. Dice X Mary. If you're working with the Japanese keyboard, it's not shift two. It's shift Q. <laughs> All right, Mary. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Um. Anyway, Dice X is D. No, it's not D. Yes, it is. D A I Z E. What did I say? Die. <laughs> D-A-I-Z-E-X, and then dot com. Unless, unless you're on a Dvorak keyboard, which then <laughs> you're on your own. 
These emails need to be in by. I'm looking at the calendar. Friday, January 19th at 12 noon. Actually, we can't. We can't? Well, we'll have to record it later. So next week, Julian wants to record on Thursday. Okay. So we'll have to do the thing where we record the contest winner like later. Saturday. Okay. So there's no crazy shenanigans going on. We will pick it uh, after Friday. Friday by noon. Uh, make sure you have some kind of subject. Can, can, I, can I spell subject? I don't know. Can you? <laughs> no. Okay. Make sure there's something in there and uh, just a name. Uh, a first name, internet name, whatever you want to have, just so uh, I don't delete stuff. So you got one more week. Get those entries in, and we'll send out that One Piece Dragon Ball crossover weekly jump to you. And that's truly going to wrap up the episode. Wow. Do, do we do shout-outs? Yeah, we do shout-outs. I guess we're going to have to. We will say goodbye to everyone, and Andrew, I will let you go first. Okay, bye everybody. But before I go, shout out to Taco Bell's restaurants and the Tri Food Company. Mm-hmm. You guys are the bomb. They are. Um, a shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles who are playing the New Orleans Saints tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Good luck. It's going to be a tough game. And good luck to you all you people in New Orleans. But uh, I hope you lose. But really, uh, hopefully it'll be a good game. And um, how about a shout out to... Um, I had something in mind, but now I forget. Never mind. Yeah, enjoy your E. coli, Andrew. Hey, listen. That E. coli bra- uh, breakout was not Taco Bell's fault. It's good food. I've had it since then. Not sick. I'm fine. We actually went like the next day, but it was closed. <laughs> we we did. We actually went out after that E. coli break. Let's like, go Taco Bell. And we were fully aware. <laughs> I like to live dangerously. We're, I guess, Bring on the E. coli. I need more. Exactly. I cannot We're, get enough E. coli. We are fucking badass rebels. We're like, yeah. give me all the extra onions. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, well, Andrew's got nothing to plug, right? <laughs> um, Except for his anime blow-up doll. Whoa. Wow. That, Ooh, was, that wow. was amazing. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> you know, I could have people. expected that from Mike, but Mary... Totally blindsided yeah. me there. <laughs> I like to get in my one joke per month, so I'm good. <laughs> Jeff, how about you? What's going on? Where are you? Anything? Stuff? Uh, well, the usual stuff. Uh, my portfolio online is at www.jhgfd.com. Um, gosh, I really don't have much else going on right now. So don't go, because nothing's happening. But you're going to be around. I'll be around. Early February. Yeah. We're, we're going to start that segment. Yes, we will. Here. Oh, and he hands me something for that segment. That's right. Mary. Mike. You are from Temple O'Trunks, but you also live here with me, so you're kind of... I'm a prisoner, is what I am. Yeah. Of love. So Spell it. L-O-V-E. You know, <laughs> you can spell my site. Hopefully you can spell your site. Oh, occasionally I can. On the days I can, I just say Google it. But um, Temple O'Trunks can be found at templeotrunks.com which is T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. And actually, during the podcast I was researching when I did that um, No Trunks campaign, I did it September 1st, 2000, and what it was called was uh, Operation Say No to No Trunks. And actually, the plan was to give them the fan art the day or around the time that Trunks's uh, first appearance would air on Cartoon Network. So it would gotcha. be, you know, within the the boundaries of their rules, but it would just be a lot at once. So you're not the rebel. You're staying within the rules. Yeah. Savage true. Yeah, pansy. I know. Well, that's why she 
ended up deciding to go to Taco Bell to break the cycle. I see. Yes. Well, fantastic. That leaves little old me and Julian, who I believe will be back next week. So look forward to that. Uh, look forward to the stuff we talked about earlier today. I'm going to try and scan as much as I can for the episode, but I can't guarantee it. But all the stuff we talked about, I will link to as much stuff as we can. You can find DaizenQEX at www.daizex.com. So that's going to conclude it. Thank you, everyone. What? Nothing. All right. Paranoid. Give me looks. I can't. What? Tell- I'm not allowed to stroke your hair affectionately? <laughs> I can't tell if you're coming on to me or not. Or if you're just being friendly. I already came on to you. I am Mike the Reeve with GDOEX and Shadow Am I. Like a suspicion that's never confirmed, but it's never denied. Jeff? Yeah. Hey. Hi. Mary? Hi. Hey. Yo. Andrew? What? <laughs>